This is Barkcast. You ain't nothing but a hound. Barkcast deals with just about everything dog-related. Dog obedience, training, health, owning a dog, dog behaviour and care and nutrition. Each week, your questions will be answered by professional senior trainer and owner of Canine Point Academy, Russell D. Russell, a professional member of the IACP, a registered evaluator with the American Kennel Club, and has trained thousands of dogs across a variety of disciplines. Hi Russell, how's your week been here at Canine Point Academy? It's been good, thanks mate. Um, so, a couple of podcasts ago, you answered the question about feeding and dog food and we had a right. great chat about that. However, we've had a few emails come in that wanted you to explain more, and actually for me as well, uh, explain more about the free feeding. So, okay, yeah, free yeah. feeding, Russell... What, what is, is it? it? Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, so I get asked this quite a lot as well from sort of my clients. Uh, and the main question is, you know, is it the right thing to do or is it the wrong thing to do? And to be honest, there isn't a right or wrong. It's purely really down to sort of your lifestyle um, and what works for your situation. So when you say, before you say right or wrong, could you just quickly summarize what is free feeding? So, for okay. those who so, missed the podcast? Yeah, so free feeding is basically I'll, um, in the morning, I'll put a bowl of food on the floor and that's it. The dog can go back and forth to it. It can eat it all at once. It can have a little nibble, come back an hour later, come back three hours later and just eat whenever it wants to. So, and again, for, for people that are super busy, um, out a lot, it might just be, if they're not sure if they'll be home at time, the right times and what have you, they can just leave the food there. They know the dog has been fed. Is, it, uh, is this what a dog's more of a natural kind of thing with a dog i mean i don't know would a dog no, naturally go around and feed all day like a, i mean it's almost as, like what a cow does yeah i mean as no i mean dogs as a general rule dogs aren't grazers um i know a lot of clients that do have dogs that will nibble throughout the day um but as a general rule dogs they will eat so and more likely than not they'll eat dawn and dusk when they're generally mo more active so and obviously somewhere like here particularly with the weather that kind of helps so they'll eat in the morning they'll eat in the evening um, generally speaking, if you've just got the one dog in the house, um, uh, there's no competition for any food, so they know it's always going to be there. They might just, you know, I don't feel like eating a bit this morning, I'll just nibble, I'll have some later because they know they can go back and forth to it. Again, it's not right or wrong, it's just whatever kind of works for people. Um, there are, I would say, um, some pros and cons. So in terms of having a, a strict meal time, ultimately you can control how much your dog eats within a given time frame because you're the one putting the scoop in the bowl or whatever it is so you know how much food they're having per meal um so again if your dog's weight is adjusting you can then deal with it accordingly because you'll be able to see that with how much food you're feeding them um also it's very easy to notice if your dog's refusing food which is important because if the dog isn't feeling very well diet is what um yeah diet would be one of the first things that you might notice if your dog is normally a fairly avid good eater um, not necessarily ravenous, but it's always eating its food, and all of a sudden you put it down and then it's not eating, you're going to notice that straight away. It's like, well, hang on a minute, that, that's not right. Okay, they might just be having an off morning, and they eat their dinner in the evening, and we're back to our normal cycle. But if they refuse dinner, again, that might be a clue that something is up, and we might need to get that checked out. Um, also, if you've got more than one dog in the house, um, then you're opening up a 
potential gambit for a bit of um, issues there with whether it's resource guarding or other dogs eating the other dog's food. Um, and if you're sort of not sure who's had what, uh, you don't know which dog has had the right amount of food or not. Again, I've got a couple of clients that do have multi-dog households and they free feed and everything's fine. They all get on. Just sorry, just to jump in there. Sure. With the with the dog hierarchy of uh, of you know of the the alpha male, let's say, how does that work with free feeding? So, I mean, ultimately speaking, in terms of the the classic dominant alpha male theory, is quite outdated. It's not the case that I'm the big strong rah and you know I will dominate all of you. It's more that the pack ethos is what's more prevalent within sort of dogs. Um, it just goes down to the individual dogs themselves. Um, in very much like people. So if you've got some fairly easygoing people, you know, okay, I'll, you know, I'll go and eat, you know, what I want to eat, and I'll just make sure I've left some for other people. But you'll get some people that will go in there, like me at the dessert trays at a at a brunch. I'm going to scoop as much as I can because that's just me. But generally speaking, we'll have what we want, and we'll make sure that there's enough for everyone else. And if the dog's mentality is the same as that, then sort of kind of happy days. But at the same time, dogs are dogs, and if we're leaving it to that dynamic there is the chance that something could go wrong for whatever reason so um uh, just going back to sort of some of the pros of having a, a, a structured time um one other thing for that is you can use i mean i use a lot of food when i'm training the dogs so again having a strict meal time i can use that time and i can use that food when i'm doing the work with my dogs in the initial stages if they've just had a, a big meal um and then I'm trying to use some more food, they might just be full and not quite so interested. So I can use that as a balance. Um, and also, particularly if you've got an anxious dog or a nervous dog, having, I mean, dogs generally need routine, they need structure. And having a mealtime at six o'clock and at six o'clock, whatever it is, that is part of that routine. Um, and for anyone listening, if you've got dogs in the house, you know when you're five minutes late to feed your dog because they're very good to tell you, excuse me, sunshine, where's my dinner? So and if you've got dogs are just for whatever reason a bit more, um, soft or anxious, having that fixed routine um, is just one extra thing that can kind of help them along their way. So it's some of the upsides for having um, sort of a set sort of feeding time. Of course, on the downside, um, speaking of routine, if your lifestyle doesn't allow you to follow a strict routine and all of a sudden you're feeding at you know, 6 o'clock and the next day it's 10 o'clock and then the next day, well, we didn't come home last night, we're not there in the morning, or whatever it is, then your routine's going to be out of whack and therefore it is going to be out of whack for the dog as well. So they're just going to get fed when, sort of as and when they can. Also, you might be accidentally feeding too much or too little. And again, it's difficult to gauge sort of how much um, they are actually eating. Um, and also, if the, the, the meal is down sort of always at the same time, um, some dogs might just feel pressured, you know, I've got to eat this because it's the only thing I've, I've kind of got. All right. So, again, it's not right or wrong. It's just um, the benefits of both. If I may. Um, sure. A lot of people who, because we're based in Phuket. Um, so a lot of people that live in Phuket might not uh, or do have their doors open, their windows open. because it's obviously a tropical country. So with free feeding, I'm, I'm assuming just that the food. Just going to get to that. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. No, you're jumping ahead. But then that's, that's exactly the point. So, um, yeah, free feeding is great. Um, it's really convenient because I can just fill up the bowl, plonk it down, and I'd, I don't have to think about it until the next day. Done. So um, I get it from a convenience factor. Um, so yeah, and in theory, yeah, the dog should just eat uh, you know, until it satiates its hunger and what have you. And at this point, there's a number of ears that are pricking up going, hang on a minute, if I put an enormous bowl of food down for my dog, it won't, it's, it's gone before the bowl hits the floor. 
there is and we and we know dogs uh, like this that you just cannot leave that amount of food down because they will just inhale the lot of it the more food that's there the more they'll inhale it so in terms of a putting on weight um and again if you're dealing with larger breeds having um if you've got structured meal times they're getting a certain amount of food at each one if you're just putting their entire daily ration on the floor that's a lot of food um, and larger dogs like german shepherds or great danes or dobermans and what have you they're more susceptible to what we call bloat which is some intestinal issues and the twisting and if they've had a large big meal um, that again is just upping the ante that they're more likely to perhaps suffer from something like that so you're better off staggering the food and again if the dog itself is happy to do that fine but you're leaving it to chance whereas if they're free feeding they've got access to the food whenever they want it um, there are some people that say that um, free feeding can lessen food aggression Again, because it's always there, there's never any threat to the food disappearing. Um, again, I would say the research is a bit iffy on that. It's just uh, a thought process. And again, it might just be down to individual dogs um, as to whether you would treat something like that with that process. Um, again, going to the downsides, um, you've, you've mentioned it already. We're in a tropical climate. Um, there's a chance of bugs and ants and, and God knows what coming in and sort of covering your food bowl. Um, and also in our previous podcast that you alluded to, we weren't just talking about dry food. We were talking about raw foods and homemade foods and cooked foods. And if you're leaving that in a bowl and you've got some chicken, whether it's raw or even cooked in a bowl for six hours of a day in the heat, um, A, it's going to start to smell um, and B, it's going to go, it's go particularly bad. I could still argue the dog's digestive system could handle that. But even so, it's just not going to be the most pleasant thing to have in a bowl for them. Uh, one other thing, if, you're, if you've got a puppy, um, having structured meal times can really help you with house training because obviously you know when they've eaten, when they've had a drink, you know when they're going to have to go for a poo or a pee. If they're free feeding and uh, nibbling sort of throughout the day and just grazing, it does put their toilet schedule a little bit out of whack, um, which if you're trying to get them outside and teach them to go outside rather than indoors can just make that a little bit more tricky. I've got a fish tank and when I go on holiday, I've got a fish feeder that okay. I can program that drops a certain amount of food in yeah, each yeah. day. Okay. Is that, can you get yes, that for yeah. Kimball? And again, and you're, you're a step ahead. I was just coming on to that. There we go. <laughs> this is how this works. Um, so yeah, in terms of free feeding, there are a couple of different types. There's the free feeding of first thing in the morning, I put the dog's daily ration in a bowl. I put it on the floor. And the following morning, by the end of the evening, that's all gone, and I repeat the process the next day. So I am largely in control of the amount of food per day that the dog is getting. I'm just not in control of how long it takes them to eat said amount of food. You can also get the, um, the dispensing types, and there's two types of this. One would be, um, I think, like the water cooler dispensers, so there's a, the, which go on top of the, the food bowl. Obviously, it's kibble, not water. Um, and as they're, they're eating from the bowl, it's just freely dispensing more food. So if you've got a five-gallon bottle of dry dog food, the dog, if they wanted to, could eat their way through it. And then the third type are the ones, a bit like what you're suggesting, which is automated. So you've got a cover over the bowl with a timer. And at a certain time, the cover will open. There'll be a portion of food there. The timer clicks off. It shuts it. And it automatically refills the bowl. And at the next timing slot, it opens again. So you're free feeding in as much as you're not having anything to do with it. But you're, you're, you are having structured meal times because the time is doing that particular function for you. So there are sort of mechanical automated ways to do that. And um, one more question before I get you to summarize. 
I also have a hamster. And okay. with the hamster, what I do is I, I don't just put the food in one because I, I, I guess I free feed my hamster. I put the food there in the morning and that's it. Yep. But what I also do is I hide it around the hamster's yeah. cage to make it more of an yeah, attraction cool. for the hamster. It, could you do that with a dog? Yeah, abs- absolutely. And I, I certainly encourage it, particularly with, with puppies. And if you've got a dog that, you know, I can put a bowl down and it's literally chomp, chomp, swallow, gone. Um, I would certainly do things like that. You can get interactive toys, um, little puzzle games, some some bowls that are flat, but they've got sort of moving pieces so the dog has to move a little. Um, think of like an advent calendar. Um, they've got to move a panel and there's some kibble behind and they have to move another one and there's not kibble there. So they're trying to find the kibble, but it's a mental game as well. Uh, you can also get like the, the Kong Wobbles, which is like a large plastic um, toy that just wobbles around with a small hole in it. And as they wobble it, a bit of kibble falls out. So they'll run for that. They'll get the food. Oh, that came from this toy. They'll smack it again. A couple more bits fall out. So they'll get their ration, but it just takes a bit longer for them to get it. And again, it's a little bit of exercise um, in the process too. Cool. Okay. Um, It sounds like it depends on who you are and what you want to do, but do you just want to summarize it for us? To summarize, I kind of did that at the beginning, to be honest. There's no right or wrong. It's just what works for you. Um, the one thing I really would say, again, it's, it's not the right or wrong. It's just what works for you. But again, my, I think my key point for somewhere like here in Thailand, where we do have a, a hot climate, if you are leaving food out, even if it's just dry food, let alone sort of raw or cooked food, you are running the risk of sort of more you know, ants and bugs and God knows what else sort of coming into the house. Um, but again, it's, there's, there's no right or wrong to whether you should free feed or have specific meal times. Cool. Thanks, Russell. No problem at all. Thank you. If you're looking for professional training or somewhere to board your dog, either short or long term, then check out Canine Point Academy. That's caninepointacademy.com or go to Facebook and search Canine Point Academy.